0: This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 102. In today's episode, I'm talking about living in the fine print of the marriage covenant. You know what I'm talking about, not the better part, but the far worse part. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Let me first start by saying that I hope this episode not only encourages you, but lets you know that you are not alone. Many of us have struggled in our marriage during this pandemic, the last six months turning into a year potentially, and having to be with our loved ones more than we are accustomed to. And you know, there are ups and downs in marriages anyway, but to be quarantined in however big of space you are living in, day after day, night after night, week after week, month after month, it can take its toll. And so, you know, the fact that we have differences and, you know, there's a lot that's involved in the way you relate to your spouse is an issue anyway. But the fact that it's compounded with uncertainty, with sometimes fear, with uh, maybe a loss of a job or both working from home and having to homeschool your children, depending on how old they are, or, you know, having to manage your older children, like teens, like what we have. And so it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot going on in the world and in our marriages and our families and with our lives. And so today I wanted to talk about living in the fine print of the marriage covenant. I thought this would be timely because my husband and I have had some really Great weeks and months during this quarantine time, but we've also had some times where they have not been so great. And so I was laughing because recently we had a moment that wasn't so great. And I realized, I thought to myself, ooh, I'm living in the fine print of the marriage covenant. <laughs> and so I thought, what a great title for this week's episode. And so I wanted, I'm one of those wives that really wants my my marriage to be an a plus all the time can I get you know can you I get an amen or can I you raise your hand fellow wives because you know that's what I expect I expect it to be an a plus all the time now I know that's very unrealistic. I've been married nineteen years this year, so I do know that that's unrealistic however, I can still shoot for that right I can still desire to have an a marriage all the time and what that does is hold me accountable to apologizing quickly, forgiving quickly and getting back to our happy place as quick as possible. Now, there are some things that tend to get in the way. So when I say living in the fine print of the marriage covenant, you know, when we say our vows and we say, I will, I do accept you through better or for worse, richer and for poorer sickness and in health. So the fine print, really is the the sickness, it really is the poorer, it really is for worse part. Because the better, the richer, the health part, those are easy, right? But when it comes to living and the fine print of the marriage covenant is really where There, It takes a lot of maturity. It takes a lot of insight. It takes a lot of self-awareness in your marriage. And it also comes with an understanding that it's not going to be rosy flowers or whatever the expression is. It's not going to be flowers all the time every month, every year, marriages go through ups and downs. And that's part of the process of growing together and becoming one and learning each other. And so I know it's frustrating, especially during this time when we are kind of cooped up together and don't necessarily have the outlets that we're accustomed to having, whether that's going to work and working outside of the home and then missing each other for the day and coming home and, you know, seeing each other and catching up and, you know, but now that we are home together 24 seven, many of us, and we're not going out, we're not getting out. We're not separating long enough. Maybe it really can be a test of living in the fine print of the marriage covenant. So I thought it would be really funny to, to say what is your what is the fine print that you're living in in your marriage currently now in this fine print but you know it's not said but it's kind of suggested or assumed right that when you come into a marriage you are bringing together two separate lives correct so two separate lives Two separate upbringings, two separate values, two separate morals, two separate ideas, two separate experiences, and you're bringing them together as one. So the fine print is all of those experiences and how it shows up in your spouse. All of those things that you're not totally a fan of that show up in your spouse. That is living in the fine print of the marriage covenant. And so having an encounter with your spouse, that isn't the way you want it to go, right? An intense time of fellowship with some of my friends would say an intense time of fellowship. And you know, you're now you're in this weird place. You know, you feel like your spouse should apologize, but you could apologize, but you just don't want to because you're tired of always being the one that apologizes. You know, it is a it's a challenge and it's even more of a challenge because we're all stressed out because we're all dealing with this uncertainty and the unknown and you know where are we going and our children are going through they're being school they're being taught through digital learning and depending on your child's age you're just like oh my goodness what is this the twilight zone right so it is a It is something that we need to be keenly aware that the enemy can use to steal, kill and destroy your marriage. While this quarantine can strengthen marriages because you're spending more time together and more intimate time, more face time, more emotional time together. It really is strengthening many, many marriages, which I'm so excited about. But it's also revealing some things in some other marriages that maybe not aren't so good. And so I just wanted to encourage you today that in marriage, a part of a marriage, a part of a marriage that we don't often talk about is the importance of accepting, embracing, leaning into the fine print of the marriage covenant. So a marriage covenant is a union between husband and wife that provides intimate companionship, rearing of children, and mutual support for both to fulfill their life's calling. It's a solemn covenant between husband, wife, and God. And so the (laughs) living in the fine print of the marriage covenant really has to do with embracing and flourishing despite the flaws despite the the annoyances and pet peeves and things that get on your nerves about each other right so that's kind of what i wanted to highlight today the things that get on your nerves about your spouse and how living in the fine print of the marriage covenant can really help you get through these little annoyances now sometimes they're big annoyances but the thing is is that I with out of all of the years that I've coached especially premarital couples. Um, It's interesting that once they get married, and let's just say they're having a crisis, and, you know, we come back together and work through some different things. My question that I ask always is, did he or did she do this before you got married? 100% of the time, the answer is yes. So the things that, you know, you kind of overlook, or you kind of don't you know, oh, they won't be the same way when we get married. Yes, they are. Let me tell all my single women who want to be married, what the things that kind of get on your nerves, or maybe you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that. It magnifies itself when you are married. So you think, oh, it's so cute that he does that. And not so much when, you know, <laughs> they they joke at the wrong times, or, you know, they're always talking things that get on your nerves, just mind notice that those will be the things where living in the fine print of the marriage covenant becomes a true reality. So let's talk a little bit about the things that you can do, or the things that you need to be aware of. And when you are living in the fine print of the marriage covenant in your marriage, and that is you know, one of the things is love your neighbor as yourself, right? So what does that mean? That means to study your spouse, to know their strengths and embrace their weaknesses, because the weaknesses is really where it's going to strengthen you, it's going to help grow you guys together. Because yes, we both have strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes the weaknesses can outshadow or or overshadow I should say the strengths. And the thing is is that we've got to accept all aspects of our spouse. We've got to embrace all aspects of our spouse, even the things that get on our nerves. But the things that we can truly see from a perspective or from the perspective that hmm God made my spouse this way. And so one of the things that I say that I think is hilarious is that um, I say, you know, I've truly learned unconditional love the most from my husband. He's the one who's taught me how to love unconditionally the most. He's given me the most practical ex- practical practice <laughs> in loving unconditionally. Now, while it's absolutely true, it helps me to see, you know, thank you for helping me to love unconditionally because he's the one that is the closest to me. And he's the one that tests me that helps mature me that helps me to practice forgiveness and practice getting back to our happy place. He of solely he's the sole person that helps me to grow the most and learn unconditional love. So with that being said, love your neighbor as yourself and your neighbor being your spouse. Love your spouse as yourself. Can you imagine really, truly spending time focusing on the things that mm, you may not appreciate as much as the strengths, but really seeing it as part of the journey, part of the growth process in your marriage, in your relationship, not only for him, but for you as well. And so I've learned a lot from my husband and, and some of the things that he does really has helped me to learn different areas or get to get better in different areas in my life that weren't as strong. And so it, it really is a beautiful union. Marriage is awesome and it's amazing and it it it's going to be what you create it to be. It's going to be what you fight it for it to be. And it is it really is can be a beautiful wonderful relationship if you make it your priority mutually. Number 2, don't let the sun go down on your anger. This one is Really a challenge for many people, especially my men and women who are a little emotional, like where there's a lot of emotionalism in the relationship, because it's difficult to one, apologize or admit that you were wrong and if you have two very stubborn people who are married, then you probably are letting the sun go down on your anger quite often. And so in order to really, truly live and thrive in the fine print of the of your marriage covenant, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So what does that mean? That means that don't go to bed. Don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed mad at each other, you know, it, it because when you hold when you are disciplined in your marriage to not go to bed angry, it really holds each other. It holds you both accountable to talking it out, to talking through it, to getting to a place of peace, even if you need to shelve it and pick it up tomorrow. At least there's no more anger. It is a really great thing to practice. And it's hard sometimes, to be honest, it really is. Because Sometimes we like to hold on to that anger if we feel powerful, right? When we hold on to the anger, but it's so much more freeing to live in a place of not going to bed angry, not letting the sun go down on your anger and then um, and truly get to a place like, wow, it was so easy. It was so much easier to work through it, to talk about it and to move through this offense, and get to a place of peace or resolve or reconciliation, whatever it is. And now you can sleep peacefully, as opposed to your mind swirling with the thoughts of the offense, or what was said or what was done. And now you're, you're now you're ruminating in it. And it's just not necessary, even. And so Number two is don't let you let the sun go down on your anger. And then the last one is your body is not your own. So this was um, (laughs) so this is something that I find very fascinating because many times during the courting phase, there's. You know, there's the butterflies and oh my gosh, we're in love and there's a lot of intimacy and there's some, um, you know, there's just, it's a very different experience, right? Then what happens after marriage? Let's say four years, five years, 10 years, 20 years down, right? And so when you have, so part of the marriage covenant, part of the purpose of marriage is to not only procreate, but also, you know, when it comes to sex in marriage is to procreate for pleasure and for protection. These are the three things that the the purpose of sex in marriage is for procreation or to procreate for pleasure and for protection. So when you are in a marriage and you, The husband and wife are not on the same accord, so to speak, when it comes to physical intimacy and sex. It can create havoc in the relationship. And so when you have one partner or somebody in the marriage of the wife or the husband who really wants to be active sexually and the other one does not, it creates a problem. Unless they are on the same page, they get into an agreement, into some level of agreement or routine. And so your body is not your own means that you are living in the fine print of the marriage covenant. So for biblical spiritual marriages, being available physically for your spouse is part of the deal. (laughs) And so it really is very interesting that when I talk to a lot of couples in crisis, that is the first question that I ask. When is the last time you had sex? And the ones who are in crisis are like, um, um, I can't remember. Can you remember? Ding, 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 ding. Hello. This is the number one, I, I don't want to say number one because there's a several, but this is one of the top reasons why there's division in marriage, why there's di- dissension, friction, is because hu- the husband and wife are not experiencing or participating in regular sex. Right. And so when I talk to couples in crisis, they're they're talking about, oh, it's been like two months. It's been, you know, sometimes it's been more than two months. Sometimes, you know, it's been a year. And the very first homework assignment is, you guessed it. Right. And so but there's been such division for so long around something that could potentially be very important to one of the to one of the spouses that it's not that easy sometimes to just reset and reengage physically and through intimacy and sex. And so um, living in the fine print of the marriage covenant is making sure that you are spending a lot of regular sex or having regular sex with your spouse and participating in regular intimacy. Now, intimacy includes emotional connection, spiritual connection, physical connection, right? It's just about connecting with your spouse. Now, it's tough when the marriage is strained. It's tough to even want to do Anything physical, like even holding hands and hugging and all of that is difficult. But it's the fine print of the marriage covenant that you you've agreed to be available (laughs) for your spouse physically, because even through the Bible, it talks about it's better to 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 find a, a, a wife than to burn in sin. Right. So there's that's where the protection comes in. And so. I thought it was so interesting because my husband and I talked through some of these different things and you know with this quarantine and in this pandemic we've had to really confront some of these issues and not going to bed angry and being disciplined enough and making this mutual agreement that we're not going to allow ourselves to go to bed angry at each other and that we're going to be available intimately for each other, and that we are going to embrace each other's weaknesses as part of the wonderful, bigger package of why we said I do. And I just thought, "Whew, this is tough. This is difficult. How many other couples out there may be, you know, wrestling with the same thing. But then when I put it into perspective of, Oh, this is the fine print of the marriage covenant. You know, the fine print usually is the is the little teeny words on the bottom that we don't really read when we're signing legal doc- documents, <laughs> right? We don't really pay much attention to the fine print. Well, the fine print shows up regularly in your marriage. The fine print, <laughs> the fine print of the marriage covenant shows up regularly. And so I want to encourage you to thrive in the fine print. What is the fine print in your own marriage? What is it that you're dealing with in your own marriage? And even what shows up in the fine print is is your spouse's baggage, right? The things that they bring into the marriage. That's part of the fine print because you don't know always what you're getting all the time. You know, maybe an idea, but you don't necessarily know the depth to which it goes, so when you are in the marriage and you are living in the fine print, just remind yourself, "Oh, this is the fine print," and continue to work and mutually communicate and talk about the the different aspects of the fine print in your marriage and know that these these aren't things that are going to now, you don't have to give power to these things that are trying to bring division or dissension in your marriage, especially if you shift your perspective and see it as part of the journey, part of the process, right? That when you said, I do, you said, I do, you sign that legal document and may, you might not have read the fine print, but now that you know, we all know when we sign legal documents that there's fine print, but now that we can identify those areas, those things in your marriage that, re- that were in the fine print that you may not have noticed or recognized before, that it will help you to shift your perspective in and bring a little bit more light heartedness to the situation. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, or just maybe it made you feel like you were not alone. And so thank you for joining me. If we are not connected yet, I would love to connect with you over on social media on Instagram at wife.wisdom. And we can connect there. Please DM me how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you, how it has supported you, how it has been brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of the testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. And if you have not already rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so you would just go to iTunes, you could go down to the very first episode where it will say, write a review. And so by writing a review, it helps other women who are looking for the Wife Wisdom podcast to find it. And so please rate and review our podcast and it helps other people to find uh, our, our different episodes. So again, thank you so much for not only joining, but continuing to share this with your family, your friends, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week. And I look forward to connecting with you next week.